All righty there. Hey, welcome everyone to the road, to my road, to the road to recovery. The road to recovery here live on Blog Talk Radio, part of the linked local network of broadcasting. Um, yeah, welcome everyone. Tonight is a, gosh, it's a special night, isn't it? Tonight is, today is what? March 22nd, March 22nd of 2020. So it's 3222020. And what does that mean? Well, it's just another day in paradise here in the United States. And it means, most importantly, that I, Dan Chuba, have been sober now 24 years, 6 months, and 22 consistent days. You know, yay. and guess what? We have lots to talk about today because we are in the, what, second, third day of shutdown in the state of Illinois here, and it's so appropriate. We're talking about isolation in today's world. Is it good for you or what? Is it good for me? And this is a live show, so if you have nothing going on, if you're not watching television, if you want to... Sound off or be heard, call in, area code 323-580-5755. My friend Steve said he fell behind and fell asleep and didn't post the show yet on the website, the link. So for those of you that know this show and know the website, you'll have no problem getting there. And the ones that you don't, well, maybe you'll catch up on a rebroadcast or something, who knows. We don't rebroadcast it, but we do archive it. And you can always go back and listen to the show. Now, I am also a real estate broker in today's world. So, believe it or not, I would not put myself in line with the first, what do they call those, the first frontline people. You know, I don't equate myself with police and fire and, and doctors and nurses. Those guys... We hold you guys out high for what you do in our society. We gr- we are grateful for all you do. Okay. However, believe it or not, I'm a real estate broker, and because I'm a real estate broker, we are considered essential people to the economy. Um, and I I will admit I've got several properties that are in the works right now for uh, purchases and sales, and. We have determined since the last economic shut, excuse me, shutdown that our country does best when houses buy are, are bought and sold because it just helps fund everything else. People need appliances and furniture and and the ancillary services that are brought on, you know, with handymen and, and painters and, and movers and so on and so forth. And then you move into a neighborhood and the people buy groceries in the grocery store and the pharmacy and neighborhoods grow and neighborhoods reduce. So, yes, we are part of that, but we're not going to abuse the right to get around. I have taken the opportunity to, uh, as the president of the West Chicago Lions Club, to arrange for a blood drive, which falls under the category of important events, and it is allowed in the state of Illinois, 
and we're going to be doing a blood drive. We're just not going to get together with a lot of people. We're going to ask people to sign up on a, uh, a sheet so that we can pace everybody and not get a, a backup and a buildup of people. But right now the blood banks, they're in need of blood because a lot of people are hesitant to get out there and afraid they might pick up something. And, and it's, well, the, uh, blue, you know, blue, the blood banks are doing a good job to keep it safe and, uh, you know, protect the people. So it shouldn't be a big deal, but it's amazing. It's amazing how people can open their mouth and say the dumbest things without giving much thought to them, okay? Um, and, well, we won't, I don't know, maybe I'll get into it later or not. I am eating some candy here as we speak, while I'm speaking. By the way, I don't know if I gave you that call-in number, 323 580 Five seven five five, or drop me an email at Daniel D A N I E L at D A A R E dot com. Oh no, yeah, enough of me. I am the one. Enter. Okay, um, we're going to talk about isolating, isolating, and, and yet here we are in the most unique situation ever in my lifetime where the whole world is being told to, to, to isolate, to, to quarantine themselves and, and, and lock themselves away from other people. We are encouraging people not to to get together, okay? And being a person in recovery, I know that there were a bunch of people saying, well, we have to have meetings to get together so we can stay sober. Well, guess what? Meetings are important, absolutely positively, but a meeting can take place with two people, okay? You don't need 40, 50 people to be part of a group, okay, in recovery from Whatever addiction you are. I am a recovering alcoholic. How did I qualify for that? Let's talk a little bit about that first, okay? How did I qualify to be an alcoholic, okay? Well, I started drinking when I was about, I don't know, 16 and a half, 17 years old. I went on to get married and divorced three times by the age of 38. Three times. I have three children, of which were raised by other men. I did my part for a fair amount of the time, but I did not manage to hang in there the whole time. I, w- I will tell you that. And during that three failed marriages, I had two DUIs, two driving under the influences. Now, I don't say that with arrogance or pomp. I'm not boasting. I'm pointing out that I qualified, well qualified, to do this show and to talk about my recovery from my addiction, which was alcohol. But you know what? What I found along my journey is that it wasn't just the drinking 
that got me in trouble. It was the thinking behind the drinking. Okay? So let's go back and say that. Now, if we're talking about the drinking behind the thinking, then we're talking about any addiction that you may be experiencing. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be um, food. Maybe you're a bulimic or maybe eat too much or eat too little. Okay? Maybe you have anorexia. Maybe you have a gambling addiction. You know, there is quite a few people gambling addictions. Um, Work addictions. um, Sex addictions. Pornography. And some of us manage to traverse a couple of those things. What do you mean by that, Dan? Well, it means that it's not enough that I had a drinking problem, but my thinking problem, see, the the drinking was just the symptom of my thinking problem. Now, when I took away the drinking, then my thinking problem became very obvious, at least to me. And I said to myself, oh, my gosh, I actually have to work on something. I found out that I drank to escape. I did. I drank to escape. I didn't want to deal with life on life's terms on a regular basis. Absolutely, positively not. And what's all that about? Well, it's it's what I did. I just wanted to avoid. I didn't want to get caught up in all kinds of crazy stuff. I wanted to, to hide from the world, okay? And I didn't really hide from the world It's like standing out in the middle of the world with a bucket on your head. How dumb is that, right? You you stand, now imagine standing in, in the street with a bucket on your head. And everybody around you is looking at you and saying, Hi, look at that guy with a bucket on his head. And the only one that doesn't really know what's going on or being aware of it is the person with the bucket on their head. Because they're going, well, what's the big deal? Uh, okay. Um, let's see. Okay. So if you have a comment, a question, a concern about your addiction or my addiction or any addiction or what, this is the place to go. This is the place where I'm going to try to help you understand my disease as I understand it. Okay? And having had 24 years, 6 months, and 22 days of consistent sobriety makes me somewhat, I don't want to say an expert, but I'm, I'm fairly versed in recovery for myself. And that's what we can do, any of us, in the program of recovery, whether we have one minute or, you know, 10 years or 50 years. We can speak with a sense of uh, confidence because we've experienced it firsthand, and we can share our own personal experience, strength, and hope. So hopefully we'll be on the air tonight until about 9 o'clock. If not, that's okay. Usually I've been going to about 8 o'clock, playing some music, and 
That's okay. When I'm finished here, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to snuggle up on the couch with my wife, who we've been married now just under a year. She is uh, an example of the rewards for my efforts. I am married now the fourth time. Got married last year, May 11th. How about that, honey? If you were listening, you'd be very happy to remember that I remember. Yeah, we got married May 11th. My wife's birthday is June 11th, and my birthday is January 22nd. Uh, what have, you know, the 11s, the 22s. You know, I guess when you get into a relationship, it helps to remember certain dates and times and things like that. They're more important to my wife than they are to me. The important part of for me is that I was there, and I had the opportunity to marry my wife. And that's very cool. For the first time, I really understand what a marriage is all about because my wife is probably one of the most loving and accepting people I've ever known in my life. And if you've never met someone like that, you really owe it to yourself to find somebody in your life. But I knew that I had to straighten my life out. After three failed marriages, I knew that there was something wrong. I knew or came to accept See, that's the key word, acceptance. Acceptance is the key. I had to accept that I was the problem in my life. I was the biggest problem in my life. And my life wasn't going to get better until what? Until I decided to do something about it. And after a long time, I finally did. Oh, uh, let's see, Spartan. Uh, so I, I finally did. I decided that maybe instead of trying to push the blame off on anybody and everybody, I would accept responsibility for my actions. I'm going to tell you something, folks. That was no cakewalk. It wasn't the easiest thing to do at all. And. Talking about isolating, well, my life, by the time I quit drinking at the age of 38, August 30th, 1995, that was my stop date. That was the date of my first day sober, August 30th, 1995. Wow, it seems like such a long time ago. And it was a long time ago. It was almost 25 years. But I'll tell you what. What an incredible 25 years it's been for me. Oh, my God, it's incredible. I'm so grateful. I, it's, hey, if I told you it was a cakewalk the whole time, I'd be lying to, lying, lying, lying. I got all kinds of neat little bells here. Ring, ring, ring. A Tinkerbell bell. Let's see. You know, I am a keeper of stuff. I have so much stuff in my, okay, Yeah, I'm a keeper of stuff, and I love my stuff. I know that when something happens to me, when the time comes and my life is over, all this stuff's probably going to go into a dumpster. I doubt anybody's going to want it. Well, that's not true. There's probably a lot of neat little collectibles, but I don't know if anybody's collecting anything anymore. I'm the collector. I just don't know if anybody, anybody collects stuff anymore. You know, I don't know if anybody collects up anymore. 
but I do. You know, and for a unique reason, because when I started my journey into sobriety, I realized there were some really incredibly talented people out there that make things. And I thought to myself, wow, they, there are some really talented, skilled people in the world. Do I fit in that category? What do I do? What do I do? What's my unique gift or talent? And unique in the sense that it could be one of, you know, 50,000 people that do it in the world, because it's a big world, man. They're talking about 6 billion or 7 billion people. So if you say to yourself you're one of 50,000, that's pretty impressively small. You know, I have a mug collection. I must have 2,000 mugs of coffee mugs. They're all ceramic. They are not plastic. I might have one or two glass ones. Um... Yeah, and for the most part, they are all in the different shape of things. And people say to me, oh, my God, you know, you've got some incredible... I just love collecting them. I love finding them. And what's even more amazing to me is that knowing the collection that I have and realizing that I don't see those other mugs that often. Somebody created them, designed it, created it, built it, cut it out, made it, you know, pretty incredible. Pretty darn incredible. I got to tell you something. It is pretty incredible. And they took it to market, and somehow I ended up with it. And it's a special thing, and it's kind of neat. And I look around. And so even though I am alone here, I look around and I feel like I'm in the presence of many different people because more than one person created it, designed it, built it, marketed it. We're talking about isolating. You know, the government says isolate. Well, just for a period of time. It's not an encouraged thing to do on a regular basis, but sometimes to catch our thoughts, to capture us. You know, I hope you have a loved one that you can you can hang out with. And if you don't, eh, call me. I'll always take a phone call from anybody the best I can. Um, I'll even give you my phone number if you want to call me. Area code 630-918-6129. Because we all should have somebody we can pick up the phone and call and say hello to. It's not good to be alone. It isn't. Sometimes it's good to capture and collect your thoughts. I don't know that I could be alone alone. I have aquariums around me. I love aquariums. In fact, I came into the office today because I have to feed the fish. can't leave the fish from being unfed. But I came into the office today, and one of the filters was gone. Uh, Not gone, but stopped operating. And good reason, good, good, you know, thing that I came in here. Otherwise, I could have lost all those fish, but those fish have kind of become friends to me. There's not named fish. I don't want to name them because then I'd feel worse when they die. But I do know and accept that they will die, just like people that own a dog or a cat. Nobody wants it to die, but after a while it will die. But during its life, we get used to it. We get accustomed to it. We respond to it. And We're like that with people. We get to know them, 
to understand them, maybe, maybe for them to understand us, to accept them. And, yeah, are you any good? Yeah, to accept the people in our lives. You know, when when I hear people tell me, ah, I don't want to be around anybody, I find that really hard to believe. I I would like to, you know, I remember as a young kid, I used to say I didn't want to be around anybody. I just didn't want to be around anybody that could hurt me, that could upset me, that could or would attempt to belittle or make fun of me. Nobody likes that. I didn't like that at all. But what I did want is someone to love me. I wanted someone to open their arms and say, hello, Dan, I love you. You're a good guy. I accept you and love you. You know, we have one person like that, I'm going to tell you. Not that this is a religious show, and it isn't, but i got to tell you, I have a, a belief in a higher power, and I believe that a higher power to me is Jesus Christ. And I believe that Jesus himself walks around with his arms open saying, I love you. Come to me. I forgive you. Come to me. Let me love you. Let me care for you. And I I think that was the best epiphany that I had when I sobered up. Because I was convinced that nobody loved me. That I was unlovable. And that I had to accept and deal with the sense of and the degree of abuse that I was putting myself through and allowing other people to do to me. When I isolated, it's because I didn't want people to hurt me anymore. When I isolated, I thought that was a good thing. But you know what? When I isolated, I was alone with a scary individual. So I wasn't completely alone. And that individual was me, my own thoughts going on in my head. They weren't verbal thoughts where they were outspoken, etc., Okay. Who's this? Okay, I want to talk to your listeners. Okay. Call. Oops. Let's see. Call in. Somebody wants to call into my listeners. Okay, so let's try this. Call in at. Oops, now i got to write it properly. If you want to call in, by the way, and talk to the listeners, call in at. Area code 323-580-5755. And if that doesn't work, then I will um, then call me. And I guess I'll try to do it on the cell phone. But call. Okay. If you have a comment, a question, a thought, an idea, yeah, feel free to call it. So going back to it, I really don't think anybody really, really wants to be alone. I don't believe that being alone is a good thing for anybody. I think that we all have a brain that overworks sometimes. That's what I found. I didn't have a drinking problem. I had a thinking problem. And my best thinking got me drinking. In fact, I am a grateful alcoholic. And when I first heard that term, grateful alcoholic, okay, here's a caller. 
Welcome to the show, caller. Let's see. Hold on. Are you on the show? Are you there? Hello? Caller, yeah, I like to order a pizza. What's that now? Hello? Go ahead. Repeat it's, that. It's uh, Chuck. Hey, Chuckles. What's going on, my friend? Everybody, this uh, is my much. friend Chuck. This is Chuck from Aurora? Yes. Oh, I didn't recognize the phone number. You got a new phone? Yes. Okay. I tried well, using your, your phone number, but you gave me another one. Well, that's okay. This one works, and welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight, Chuck? I'm doing okay. How are you doing with the virus and all that stuff? Well, much like everybody, I don't know anybody personally that has the the, the, the virus, um, and that's good. Yeah, neither uh, do I, thankfully. That's, that is a good thing. And, you know, if we're doing what we're told, the governor of Illinois said to, to uh, quarantine ourselves and keep away from other people, and it's just so appropriate that our topic tonight, did you know our topic was about isolating, isolation? Well, you know, that's the good thing about uh, telephones. You know, uh, you can call and uh, talk to people on on the phone, you know, communicate. Yep, phones and Internet. Um, uh, I, I will admit, I, I think a lot of people are big Facebook people. We still hang out on Facebook. And I think I you get a lot out the, of it, don't uh, you? What were you saying? I said we get a lot out of Facebook, don't we? Yeah, I was looking on the uh, on the news, and they're having AA meetings on Facebook now. What did they say? Everybody's on Facebook. No, they're they're saying that they're having AA meetings on Facebook. Oh, sure. Why not? They, yeah, uh, you know, so people can still make meetings uh, even though they can't get out. Well, there's, you know what, today in our world, virtual reality, there's a program called Zoom, and Zoom is a is a um, a um, format where you can actually do uh, virtual meetings where you can see people if you have a video camera on your computer. Um, so, yeah, we've got all kinds of options, but... A meeting only needs one other person. Uh, two people can be in a meeting. You know, you, you know that, right, Chuck? Yes, I do. Now, you moved out of your former residence to an area you're not familiar with. How was that at first? I still have problems getting to uh, meetings. Okay. Because you don't because, drive or you don't know where they're at? Yeah, because they don't drive. But, you know, un- unfortunately, you know, like you guys have an owner east and an owner west and, you know, uh, things like that out by you. But they they don't have anything like that out here in King County. Well, you know what's the beautiful thing about this program, Chuck? The program of recovery is that if, and, and America for that, matter okay and i think our president is making us all aware of that we should be aware of this but if you don't see what you need out there go ahead and create it do you understand 
I I understand. Like you created your podcast. Needed an outlet for my energy and, and uh, you know, yeah. So I found an opportunity and a vehicle to do it, and here I am. And I'm glad you participate in it and other people as well. And it could be a meeting. It's on every Sunday night. People can call up and share their, their experience, strength, and hope, just like you're doing. And that's one of the reasons I created it. Well, one of the reasons why I called in is to, uh, you know, remind everybody that, you know, all they have to do is pick up the phone and uh, talk to other people. That's true, Chuck. And it's hard. It is a hard thing to do, Chuck. You, did you know that? It is a difficult thing for some of us. You know, I who has know a hard that. time picking up? Chuck, do you know who has a hard time picking up the phone? Me. I don't know. Okay, maybe you do. Okay, do you have a hard time? You've been doing well, it much I'm only better. kidding, yeah. Okay, well, I, I'm not going to kid. Now, you're going to be surprised by this answer. Are you ready? Okay. That The the person having a hard time picking up the phone is me. Me. I'm a real estate broker. I, I with all this news of, of things going on in the world, I don't know that I want to call people to hear people complain to me again about the world. I don't mind complaining about alcoholism or challenges or problems or something, but when it it's my job, it's it's hard because I put a lot of time, energy and effort into doing the job and in today's world, the challenges that we face as real estate brokers is that everybody thinks they could do their job as good or better than me. And I'll tell you well, what, you know, you're you're in a uh, an occupation like uh, like truckers and stuff like that, you know, and you know uh, like like my sister, you know, she's uh, in uh, helping people, you know, that that's her employment, you know, Healthcare, yes. and getting out and uh, working with the public during this, you know, that's uh, you know me, I I stay at home, but you know. I don't have to think about it every day like you guys do. No, it's right. people like you that we have to think. Well, thanks, Chuck. That's very nice. And, and I, you know, like I said, I, I don't feel like I'm up in the rank and file with the uh, health care and the police and the fire. But, you know, with the uh, grocers and the truckers and things like that, yeah, I do believe that we provide an important essential service, and so does the government, um, because – we found the last time the economy crashed that the only uh, the, the strongest way to pick it back up was to get house sales uh, picking up and, and moving forward. And in today's world, it's sometimes a big challenge because there's so many people out there that think they could do it, and it's it can, it can be quite frustrating sometimes. I have a hard time picking up the phone. I have not called any of my clients yet. I will tomorrow. I'm going to be making phone calls just to touch base to let them know what I'm doing. But, you know, it took a lot for me to think about it. Instead of calling them up, I have agents that have no problem calling people right away and saying, oh, here's the problem, here's the problem, here's the problem. But I've been doing this almost for 40 years, Chuck. And it just, you know, for some of us, it's difficult to pick that phone up. But it's nice yeah, but the, when people like yeah, you pick up the phone and reach you? out. What? 
Doesn't it scare you in a situation like this where you have to go out and meet the public? No. And you don't know who's been where? You know what? I don't I don't know if it's just that I'm oblivious to the to the danger or I'd like to think it's my faith in a higher power and and that I believe that God has plans for each and every one of us and if it's my turn to go it's my turn to go I don't I, I'm not taking unnecessary risks but on well, the other you, hand you, you shouldn't look at it that way you know you should be t- you know you should be taking uh, precautions you know uh you know, that's like nowadays, you know, like I went to the store, you know, uh, my my caretaker took me to the store shopping. And, you know, all all the sanitizer, uh, hand soap and uh, toilet paper, you know, people are hoarding, you know. If they just take it easy and just get what they need, you know, week by week, everything would be just fine, you know, as long as... They're self-quarantined, you know. But well, is, what what's going to happen to our economy when the this blows over and everybody's got all this stuff? You know, no one's going to be buying anything. Our our economy's going to go right down tubes. Well. Maybe, but I don't. I, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. We've seen in we've seen in history, Chuck, and I I can tell you, doing real estate, that I've met people over the last forty years that have hoarded and died with a lot of stuff. And and the weird part of it is, is their kids don't want the stuff. The people they you know we are the the kind of people that we are. We feel that we have to have new stuff. We we're not good enough to use old stuff. So we throw out the good stuff because it's not new stuff. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm 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 talking about food, you know, and uh, necessities that you, you need around the house. I'm not talking okay. about eccentric people that that afford, you know, that go out and uh, go to all these, you know, like uh, garage sales and everything. They just have to buy, buy, buy all this used stuff. And they will continue as long as they can. I understand that. But, well, you know, what I'm saying is, you know. It could be a sickness. It could be another disease of more. Do you understand? Well, uh, you know, lucky, luckily I, I haven't, uh, I, I don't know anybody that it's affected yet, but. You know, I keep in touch with my family regularly, at least every other day. That's and I've great. got friends that I call up, you know. And, you know, like, I'm always texting on the phone, and I'm always, you know, uh, I see you texting, and I, I make comments and stuff. And that's my way of showing that, you know, I'm okay, that you're okay, you know. Have you reached out to anybody that you, you know that, isn't reaching out to other people? No, just about everybody I, I know is, uh, I've even gotten in contact with people I haven't heard from in years since high school. Wow. 
you know. And one person lives out here in the North Aurora. Okay. You know, so, uh, you know, uh, keeping in contact with people is, is a good thing, you know. Uh, God, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word for, you know, like, you know, like when you want to go go out and party and stuff, but uh, you know, you call somebody. I can't yeah, I want to play it. a song here. I want to play a song for a moment here, and this song reminds me of what we should be doing here. So listen to this. Tell me if you remember this song, okay? It's sung by Friend and Lover. Did you ever hear of them? Hello. It's the uh, husband and wife duel of James and Kathy Post singing Reach Out in the Darkness. Tell me if you remember this song. This is on YouTube. Okay, how about those lyrics? Did you hear that, Chuck? Yeah, I remember the song. Actually, it sounded sound like the Mamas and the Papas at the beginning, but... They did, they did. <laughs> I even thought it was the fifth dimension or something, but when I looked it up, then it said it was friend and lover. But the words are really cool. There was a man who I did not care for, and then that then one day the man gave me a call. We sat and talked about things on our minds, and now that man, he is a friend of mine. And I think we need, as human beings, need to do that more instead of necessarily isolating ourselves from the rest of the world, especially ones that we don't know and understand and feel good about. Okay? When I first got in the program of recovery, I don't know if I ever told you about this story. Do you remember uh, little Terry? Yeah. Little Terry was uh, a dwarf. She was a, a little person that yeah, had a, I, I remember. Uh, a drinking a drug problem. And, you know, she had a whole bunch of other problems because she was a dwarf and she, you know, she had a overbite. You know, and I got to tell you something. When I first went into, that pro, in, into AA, <clears throat> 30, what was it, 25 Almost 25 years ago, when I first went into the program of AA, I felt unlovable. In fact, I felt that if anybody knew who I was or, or what I've done in my life, that they would 
ask, actually asked me to leave and throw me out, and I felt so out of place there around people, especially ones that were happy. And you know who made me feel most accepted? I don't want to say love, but the most accepted, and that was little Terry. And Terry and I used to smoke cigarettes together, and she always bummed them from me, but I always felt she she accepted me as a human being. And it was crucial for me in the start of my recovery to have that kind of love, I don't want to say love, but acceptance from somebody because I felt so out of place there, I didn't know what to do. And as I got stronger and healthier, then I made friends. And the more friends I made, then guess what? Then my friend said, hey, there's that Terry girl. Stay away from her. She's trouble. She's this. She's that. She's everything. And I found myself starting to shun her because I wanted to be friends with them. And I figured if I become friends with them, then I should listen to what they're telling me. And I started to shun her. And believe it or not, it finally dawned on me, stop. What am I doing? I'm becoming like them and and critiquing and criticizing somebody who did nothing but accept me, okay? And how many times in my life have I looked at people and judged them and said, there's something wrong with this person just by looking at them, and I don't want nothing to do with them? I try and treat people the way they treat me. Well, try something new. Can I offer a suggestion? What? Try to treat them like Jesus treated everybody. It didn't matter whether Jesus that that whether they treated him nice or not. He still loved them and accepted uh-huh. them. He even forgave the people that hung them and crucified them. But if you just accept people, I'm, you don't have to. They don't I'm, have I'm to a long active. way from him. <laughs> You're what? I said I'm a long way from acting like him. I know, but again, it's practice, not perfection. It's 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 practice, not perfection. Uh, it's progress, not perfection. I'm sorry, progress. Okay, progress, not perfection. All we can do is the best that we can do. Okay, nobody's going to hold anybody to perfection. The only person that was perfect was God, and He's gone. But on the other hand, He set a fine example for us, and why not? If the worst thing the worst thing I could do is to accept somebody. I don't have to like them, but I I could accept who people are. You know, I don't have to welcome them into my life and have them live my life with me on a daily basis, but on the other hand, reaching out to them every once in a while saying, Hey, what's up? is okay, right? Hey, have you talked to Steve all lately? I did, just briefly. We we talked this week, and he set up the, the website. We have a website, people. It's uh, www.road2recovery.club, C-L-U-B. And Steve sets it up, and he meant to set it up for us tonight, but he uh, he said he fell asleep and forgot about it. So he got on it right right as the show was starting. So he, you know, put the link there if anybody wanted to go in and, and access it. And he's, you know, he's solely set up the website. It's pretty cool. But, yeah, 
Steve's doing okay. He's taking care of his wife, and that's something for 40 years he never did, take care of a wife that he had. Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm listening. Yeah, and, uh, well, Steve, he retired from his job a few years ago, and then he got himself a part-time job to keep himself busy, and uh, he's really turned his life around. He's uh, been sober, what, almost four years, or maybe four years and and, and then some, and, uh, yeah. You forgot to ask me how long I've been sober. Oh, Chuck, I am so sorry. How long have you been sober, Chuck? <laughs> About eight years and... Seven days. Wow. Congratulations, Chuckles. And how'd you do that, Chuck? Oh, not the clackers. <laughs> How did you do that, Chuck? Well, I, want, I, I had to get uh, go to meetings first. but Started with meetings. No, it always uh, starts with meetings, doesn't it? Yep. Yep, it always does. It's a good thing. Meetings are a good thing. I have a buddy I just I've been keeping in touch with and uh he's down in Florida and he was sober for twenty nine years. Now he's back out there partying. Is he? Yeah. That's 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 it actually. You know? You know, he's he's trying to keep it in, in check, but you know I know people like me, I can't do that. I don't even want to do it. No. Because once I start, you know, I I lose control. Well, that's you know why we mean? don't do it. Yeah. yeah, I do know. I'm watching uh, uh, NYPD, the reruns. We have the videos, my wife and I. And Andy Sipowicz, one of the detectives, is battling alcoholism. And, and he went back out when his son was killed and decided to start drinking, even though he's got a new wife and a baby. And, you know, that's so un, that is so selfish and so self-centered. But that's part of the disease, our selfishness and our self-centeredness. And that's why it's good to be around people that will hold us accountable, who will help us and grow with us. Yeah, but not everybody's like us. Well, they they can't. You know, they can they they can control it. I can't. You know, I I can admit that. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, for the first step is, uh, you know, admitting that you have a problem, you know. Well, admitting we're powerless over people, places, and things. Yeah, admitting that we're, yeah. we have a problem with alcohol. But it, it goes so much beyond alcohol. It's not just alcohol. We have a problem. We want to control everything and everybody. We're manipulators. We're master manipulators. Yeah, I know, but you know, you know, uh, going through the program and stuff for as long as I was, and the help of Steve and you, you know, I, 
I, you know, even though they've made marijuana legal, I've, uh, I don't want to go back out there. You know, I did that for so long, you know, I'm, uh, I'm too old for that, you know. Well, you're wise. Maybe it's just even that. Maybe, yeah, we don't want, I don't want any of the problems of the, of the, of my life that I had back yeah, when I that, was. That, yeah, that's all it did was cause me problems, stuff like that. And I haven't yeah. had a single problem since I've stopped partying. Well, I've had problems, but not problems that were alcohol-related, that's for sure. And the other problems were problems that were solvable, for the most part. And i got to tell you, my life keeps getting better and better. It really is. It's nice. I've got a roof over my head. i got a, a, a partner, a life partner that, that enjoys my company. I have, I still have a business. It may be gone in the next month or so, but that's okay. It's just stuff, you know. And I've, I'm, I'm healthy and alive, and above ground. Yeah, that, that's the main thing, being above ground. You know, if you, if you don't, if that doesn't bother you, being below, you know, hey, do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Well. It, uh, I like you know being above ground. I do, too. I've learned so much in this program of recovery. It wasn't enough, Chuck, to learn how to not drink. And that's what AA taught me, is to learn how not to drink. But learning how well, to live it like... It taught me how, to, how not to do a lot of things. Yeah. You know? Like... No, I can't. I can't count the amount of times I I went through all the steps. Well, I, I still no, go through uh, the steps on a regular basis. You never know. Every day is a different day, and and sometimes different steps apply. The tenth step, uh, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. I have to work at that one, but it's a good one. You know, that means I gotta apologize when I screw up, and I screw up a lot because I'm a human being. Say I try and I try and apologize every time I screw up. You know. Yeah. I uh, I try not to wait because otherwise I'll just put it off. Well, see, this is great. Just the mere fact that you and I are chatting. Whether anybody else is listening or not, Chuck, we're helping each other out, aren't we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is how the program works. The program works recovery works because we are not isolating ourselves from the rest of the world. Quarantine is one thing, but isolating is another thing. Isolating is when we cut off all contact with other people, and that's not a good thing. Well, you know, this is the time now where people ought to start picking up their phones because they're going to be stuck in their houses. You know, like everybody here in my apartment building, every night that's all they do is party, you know, and it doesn't bother me because I'm up reading and watching TV, you know. Yeah. Uh, So... 
long as I got something to do, you know, I, I've learned to find things to do. You know, I, I don't go in liquor stores. I don't go in bars. I, uh, oh, I even quit drinking coffee. Really? Why is that? Well, it, it wasn't something I, I planned. It's just, I, I just haven't had any over, you know, a couple months. Okay. Well, that's okay. I drink coffee, but I, I drink a watered-down version of coffee because I just do it to drink. I drink a lot of liquids because I'm a, uh, a diabetic. I'm a type 2 diabetic, and I'm always thirsty. So I don't want to drink a lot of pop. I don't want to drink sugary drinks. So I drink a lot of water and a lot of uh, watered-down coffee. And yeah, I'm a borderline. I'm a borderline diabetic myself, and I can't get enough cold water in me. And it's yeah. like I'm running to the bathroom all the time to get rid of it, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't have that problem necessarily. I have some pretty good bladder control, thank God. Hey, by the way, you know, we're going to be doing a new program with uh, Link Local Network starting Friday at 4 p.m. Central Time. It's going to be called Community Voices. And it's going to be on the Internet, like this show is, on Blog Talk Radio. But we are going to be doing, it's going to be a live show with video. Okay, I don't know how they're going to figure that out. Uh, Fred is working that. I will be the moderator. We're going to have several people come on. And, you know, just I think our topic this week is just what are you doing during the the quarantine? Because we were just talking about the show when, when they decided to, do the lockdown, and we thought that might be a good topic. So for those of you listening, you know, join us on Friday, Central Central Time, Chicago Time, at 4 p.m. for Community Voices. So we're going to have voices around here and, and across the country. I think we have a couple of people in California going to be joining us too, so maybe five or six. Hey, reach out and touch somebody, buddy. <laughs> there you go. Well, and... And again, that's, you know, what we're, we're talking about. The topic tonight is isolating. Isolation in today's world. What does one talk to, who does one talk to if we are alone and isolated? More than likely ourselves, because we talk to ourselves. You ever talk to yourself, Chuck? I, not, not lately, but I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, with our government directing us to isolate ourselves, quarantine ourselves, if we find ourselves feeling sick, can this be a good thing? Maybe. But on the other hand, one of the worst things that we as individuals caught up in an addiction can do is isolate. We often describe the last three letters of the word alcoholism, acronyms for the word I, self, and me. Using these words to help us understand that that isolating ourselves from others is oftentimes a major part of our disease. I guess the need for some isolation, at least physical isolating ourselves from others, may be a good thing, but an extended period of this sort of living cheats us out of the needed interaction of others. We need other people. Right now is the time where people that have uh, sponsors and sponsees, they should be calling them every day. 
You know, right now is the time to get into the habit. Now, Chuck, do you sponsor anybody right now? I haven't been to a meeting since uh, last year. There's, uh, I have, I have problems walking when I go shopping. I, yeah. I, I, I get in, I get in those little carts and drive. Yeah, but so what's that have to do with the sponsoring? I I don't know anybody. There there are people that I keep in touch with. Uh, I mean, from like from California to to the East Coast. And okay. Did you call that friends when they asked you to call? Yes, I did, and uh, Mary uh, didn't answer the phone. Well, do you try her again? Uh, I will. Okay. That'll be good. Just like anybody, you know, not everybody's used to talking, so sometimes you got to be a little persistent, right? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to beg her to talk to me, you know. If, if she doesn't, doesn't want to talk, you know. Right. You know, I, I, I called her up and I said, yeah, I'm a, fr- I'm a friend of Dan Zuba's and, uh, he asked me to give you a call, you know, see how you're doing and, you know, talk to you. And, you know, uh, and I, I gave her my number. Well, good. And she hasn't, and called, can... me, she hasn't called me either. Well, there you go. Then you could sing her this song. Okay, so now when you get around the phone, you can start saying, I think it's so groovy now that people are finally getting... <laughs> yeah, she'll think I'm a nut. Oh, <laughs> we're all a little nutty, Chuck, right? Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Peter Paul, I'm a moms, has nuts. Or Peter Paul, I'm a joy, has nuts. Moms don't. For the nutty and us, yes, that's kind of funny. Well, that's good. So, uh, are you stocked up with food, Chuck, for the quarantine, or what's up? Yeah, I ha- I, I I I have a lot of uh, soup left from that I brought with me from when I moved out here. And well, you know, you know I'm digging funny. into that. I'm digging into that, and I, uh, you know, I I every time I go to the doctor, I. Uh, I asked if I could have a mask, a new mask, and they give me, they give me one, and you know I. Uh... Yeah, I got no, a I've been trying to take care of myself. Years. I I bought some masks years ago when I was at a, uh, I was at a uh, Goodwill, and I saw a bunch of them for sale for cheap, and I bought them. You know, I figured, what the heck? And I could use them in real estate when we go in the houses that have mold, and uh, well, they come in handy now. But I haven't had really had the need to use them. A couple, I gave some to uh, one of the girls that worked for me because her her family members were sick and she was. Yeah, she well, didn't want if, to hear. if you're going to wear a mask while you're showing people a house, you better give them one too. Oh no no yeah yeah, this is if we were going to go into a, a house that had uh, been locked up with mold, 
There was a bunch of houses. Yeah, I know that, that. But I'm, all I'm saying is they're not going to think very highly of you if you're if you keep no, ma- if you're wearing a mask because of the mold and. Well, I, I'm, I'm like the Lone it. Ranger. Okay, I'm the Lone Ranger of, of real estate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he wears that over his eyes, not his mouth. I wear a mask. Oh, that that kind of mask. Okay. Hey, Kimosabe, how are you? Well, no, I uh, I agree with you, Chuck. I certainly wouldn't cheat my people out of that. If I had a mask, I'd bring some for everybody. But what I was, you know, what I was going to tell you, and you 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 kind of answered a question. You're you're eating the food that you brought with you, and you've been there now for about over a year, right? Maybe more. Yeah, I'm starting to dig into the uh, the soups, yes. Okay, but the point is, I remember I had a neighbor that lived next door to me who was, I don't know, I don't want to say struggling, but he certainly didn't have a lot of money. And I gave them a bunch of food that I had that the expiration date was like a month beyond, and they yeah. wouldn't eat it. They wouldn't eat it because it was a month older than... The expiration, I go, what's the big deal? And they go, oh, no, you can't eat it because it's expired. I go, it's not expired. You know, we the expiration date is there to to guarantee the the freshness of the product. It doesn't mean it's not good. Otherwise, yeah, well, they would tell you to get you know, rid of if, it. If you're, if you're giving them meat and stuff like that, you know, they should it's be cooking meat. it anyway. Well, yeah, I'm not giving old people old meat. In fact, my wife, my wife Martha, we just had soup. I, I finished up a soup. It was a turkey soup. She had the broth made back in '09. So what's that? How long ago was '09? Eleven years ago. <laughs> I was like, yeah. "Holy cow!" That's that's weird. When my food is older than I am, <laughs> I kind of laugh. Uh, quick, yep, so, uh, okay. Hey, I want to remind everybody that you're listening to The Road to Recovery here on Blog Talk Radio, part of the Lynx Local Network of Broadcasting. You can call in if you like, like my friend Chuck here, area code 323-580-5755. The show goes till 9 o'clock. Yeah, Chuck's still on, and you have something to say, we'll stay on the air until 9 o'clock, because that's what we're we're scheduled for, and uh, usually I throw on some songs because then I run out of things to say, Chuck, but it's good to have an extra voice on the radio here. I'm yeah, well, I'm going to have in. something to eat pretty soon. Oh. I haven't eaten You're gonna yet. You're going to eat something? Yeah. I What's haven't, on the uh, menu? I, had, uh, I don't know. I haven't looked yet. I... Uh, had a banana, a couple orange, uh, three oranges. I had a bag of popcorn, and uh, uh, I usually usually eat that during the day. You know, get my vitamin C, and uh, they say bananas are fattening, so I'm, you know, I'm eating those. You know, I've never seen a fat and, monkey. Uh, <laughs> Never seen a vet monkey. I, 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 I don't know if Sue sent it to you, but she sent me something, a link. No. I think I sent it to you. 
she hasn't sent it to you? Well, you may have, but About, you know what? I don't I don't pay attention a lot on Facebook. Uh, unless you send a text to me, I don't I don't respond to a lot of stuff that people send me on Facebook because there's so many responses I wouldn't have time for living. Time for living. I'm in a man, they say that uh, they're saying that hot lemon soup or hot, more or less like hot lemonade, warm lemonade. Yeah. Will will help fight the flu. Okay, that makes sense. I guess you, you know. know. I'll I'll check my phone to see if I sent it to you, and uh, if not, I, right. I will. You know. Okay, well that's uh, good. Good to know. Good to have. Good to have. Uh, uh, and uh, everybody should be getting a flu shot if they haven't gotten one already, because that helps. You know what? I don't away. know. I don't know if I. Uh, I don't remember if I got a flu shot this year. I think I did, and I got the flu. I had. I had the flu back in uh, November, and uh, I well, told my were wife. Were you running around the doctor's office in your skivvies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because if you were, he got a flu shot. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it, Chuck. What's Is that? that your sense of humor? Well, you know yeah. how you're, you're a kid and they always give you a shot in the butt? Yeah. Well, I take it in the in the arm. I took it in the arm. But I can't remember if I got it. I got one from my uh, uh, pharmacist one year. And I think I got one from my doctor one year. Yeah, I think so. And then I came down with I, the flu, I don't know, in the, November. It carried into December. And by Christmas, I was almost done with it, but I was still shaking off the effects of it. So, I just got a notice on my phone that Edwards Hospital is treating four people with the virus now. Well, it's coming. It's like a it's like a wave. It'll it'll catch up to us eventually. Yeah, you well, know, you know, it's uh, it's being less and less as it goes out to the suburbs. It what? It's becoming less and less as it goes out to the suburbs. Well, that's good. That is you know, good like thing. Uh, they had like, I don't know, 100 people in Chicago. And, you know, now, now there's only four in Edwards and, you know, probably a couple more and a couple more. And, you know, no. I don't think China is like totally, how do you say, cured, but. I think they they have a good handle on it, you know. Uh, did did you did you hear what Italy was doing? No. Th- they were saying that uh, their hospitals were so full that if you were over a certain age, they weren't going to treat you. Really. Yeah, they made that decision that uh, they just didn't have the space. 
know, but uh, they, you know, all these countries, you know, uh, the coronavirus has been around for a while, even before uh, Obama. You yeah. Know, but it's it's just different strains, you know. This strain just mutates faster and, you know, it's uh, easier to pass on. Well. And I, I think it's good that uh, that they've cut they've cut all our borders at the moment. Yeah. You know, uh, if we can contain, you know, fix ourselves, you know, then maybe we can help people as they come in. You know what I mean? As they come in? Well, as as we uh, make them legal or as they come in for, for immigration and stuff. Well, right now, that's an interesting thing, closing the borders. I mean, we have a president that, that you know what, I don't know. I, I, there's no there's no right or wrong answers. I don't want to get into politics, but I do believe that we're all in this together as a human, as human beings, okay? I don't think that this coronavirus is prejudiced to any one particular race. I think it affects everybody and everything. And I believe you're right. But we have we have to take care of our own. I think we should take care of our own before we start taking care of others. Look at all the homeless we have. You know, uh, we got to watch out for them. If we get flooded with them, immig- you know, with immigration, there's no way we're going to be able to keep up with it. Yeah, well, again, I don't have to worry about that stuff. I just have to do the best job I can to live in. I try to help people that have problems with drinking and thinking, and that's the limit of what I can do in my life. I'm going to have a uh, – I'm holding a – Yeah, well, I want to live a little bit longer. Well, that's good. I, I'm i grateful. I mean, I'm. I think that – the program of recovery has extended my life 24 years, uh, six months, and 22 days. Because I don't know that I'd been alive if hey, it wasn't for this program. Since, since I stopped drinking, I've had like three brother-in-laws uh, die, a couple friends, and uh, who knows? I could have been one of them. Because I, I, I was on the road to uh, going on, you know, out there to the hard stuff. You know, it just Wait, wasn't beer and, uh, you know, a little smoke and a little, little coke, you know, and it's turning into crack and a little heroin and, uh-huh. you know, and I got lucky. You, yeah, you did. For some reason, God chose you to live. That's good. That's what I believe it. You, you remember when you first met me how sick I was? 
Yeah, I do remember. You were. You were kind of a reclusive, kind of a basket case. Well, it wasn't just that, but not just mentally, but I'm talking physically. Uh-huh. You know, I'm, uh, you know, I, I got a hernia I was supposed to have taken care of, and, you know, they don't want to do that now. I got a fatty cell that's on my cheek they were supposed to take care of last week, or uh, they were supposed to take care of tomorrow, and they don't want to do that. You know, they want to wait until this is over. You know, and uh, I'm not sure, you know, hey, I don't want to get sick. You know, I've got, you know, as, as long as I can pay my bills and, you know, and that's another thing. I, I think it's good that they're giving people some money, to, the government is, to live off of. You know, but I don't see these people, you know, making $99,000 a year getting getting checks, you know, you know, like if, if you're making $99,000, $100,000 a year, you're not living, you're living above your means. If you can't survive a month on, on your own. You know what I mean? Well, again, it's one of the reasons why we don't talk politics on this show, because until you're in somebody else's shoes, you don't know what they're going through. You know, I don't, and I don't want to comment necessarily. You know, um, I will tell you that I have some friends that are, that would be considered below poverty, below poverty level, and they have wonderful family relationships. Well, I'm just telling you about this particular individual. Okay. Of course, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, but they don't have a lot of money, but they, they enjoy each other's company. That's, that's the point I was going to say. Whereas some of these people with money, they don't even see each other. They don't spend any time with each other. They don't. You know, money doesn't guarantee well, you a happy life. They're the type of people that have hallway sex. You know what hallway sex is? It's when you pass each other in the hall, you go, screw you, screw you. Yeah, Chuck. <laughs> I'm trying to be a comedian. Very good, Chuck. That was funny. <laughs> well, that's not exactly how it goes, but I cleaned it up. I know it doesn't. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, that's funny. But, you know, again, you don't have to have money. Money does not guarantee anything to anybody. Happiness comes from within. And that's what, you know, the purpose of this show is. Well, I, you know, I'm just we, saying I, I think it's good that the, the government trying to help people. You know? That's all, that's all I was trying to say. Okay. So did you guys get a lot of snow up by you? We had a couple inches. 
Uh, we only got like a dusting out of here. You know, it, it, it's still, the ground is still covered, but I don't know. The streets are pretty clean still. Yeah, I talked to my younger sister today, and, you know, uh, she lives by herself, and, uh, you know, she's doing okay, you know, she uh, she goes, you know, walks to the store regularly, and she said she went to all these areas of line to get in. Probably. Well, this is all built do, for everybody. You yeah, know, this is all Yeah, I do think it's good that they're letting uh, the seniors uh, go in for an hour by themselves and uh, get what they need. Yeah. You know, before they let, I like that before they I'm, let the masses I'm considered a senior now, too. <laughs> oh, I am, too, I like, but, you know, I... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you gotta like being a senior in that regards. You get to, you get to, you know, you get some uh, special perks, right? Oh, hey, I, I got a uh, a pass on the uh, the metro for nothing. It's good till uh, really? twenty two thousand twenty two. And uh, I'm thinking about moving, you know, someplace that's really? got an elevator. Oh, that's right. You said you were thinking of moving up to uh, Elgin. Yeah, Elgin, you know, any place that's got an elevator that'll, you know, and, uh, but I don't, you know, the places that I've been to, their, their apartments, uh, my bedroom is as big as most of the living rooms. You know. So. Yeah. Well, again, you got to find where you're happy. You know, home is where the heart is, where you feel happiest, safe, and if it's hey, there you go. You know. Home is where the heart. Artists. Okay. Okay, well, that's good. You what? Have you, have you had your uh, aircraft uh, friend on, on lately? Have you had your what done? Uh, you, you know, the, your friend that, uh, that, would, that came on a couple times from me and... Uh, Steve Kane, uh, he worked for the airlines. Oh, yeah. You know, I haven't, uh, he was coming up from Florida, and he was going to come back. Kenny, I haven't, uh, I haven't caught up with him. Yeah, I don't know what he's up to. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't I heard what he's up to. I thought I'd ask about him. Yeah, I called him and asked him if he's going to join us someday soon, and uh, he said he was, but I haven't seen him. So, again... I have to, uh, I don't know. Again, doing this show is really important to me because it helps me to stay sober 
and and I I have a long week, and some days, to be honest with you, I mean, I just want to scream when I have to deal with some of these people. Well, I'll tell you the truth, okay? I think you doing the show is like a vacation for you. Well, it's like a glorified meeting, actually. You know, well, you, I need you this to be. You get to kick back and relax and uh, speak your mind, you know? Well, I have a certain responsibility, too. Oh, yeah. I understand that. But you don't have to be all professional. You don't have to dress a certain way. Yeah, tell your wife I said hi. I will. I didn't know you got married. That's good. You didn't know that? Congratulations. What's that? You didn't know that? Where were you, Ben? Uh, I've been here. Wow. I've only I was talked think... to you like I've only talked to you like three times since I've been here. Wow. And I think I've been here for like three years. Yeah, a long time. Okay. Well good. I'm glad to see you're still reaching out and using the phone then, Chuck. Because it's good to hear yeah. you. Yeah, Steve. By the way, Steve and my friend Lambert and my friend Marvin, you know Marvin. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. All, they, they all stood up at my wedding. Marvin was my best man, actually. Oh, yeah. Excellent. And Steve was there, and his wife actually attended. It was great seeing him. Marvin's wife was there, and uh, Lambert and his wife were there. And uh, it was a limited group of people, but, you know, my wife's daughters were there. And uh, (laughs) what you didn't know, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I I asked my wife's daughters if they could support me as they're, you know, as asking their mother to marry me. And yeah. <laughs> said, two out of three said no. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, you got to know my wife. Funny, She's like this, my wife's like this angel, okay? And, uh, yeah. and I'm not. <laughs> okay, so they were, like, concerned that... Uh, I wouldn't be good enough yeah. for her. You, you might but, taint her. <laughs> well, I don't know about taint her, but just, you know, not treat her the way that they felt she deserved. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And the cool part is that I have been, and I'm very fortunate, very blessed to have met this girl. So good time. That's good. I mean, good. It's been good for both of us. So, okay, well, you know what? I'm not going to keep the show on until the end of the, uh, the 9 o'clock. I'm going to kind of end it up here, Chuck, okay? And, yeah, uh, I was going to say, I'm, I'm getting ready to eat, you know? <laughs> okay, well, I appreciate you calling in, and you could be a regular on the show if you'd like, and uh, that's always good to have somebody to talk to. Uh, next week, I don't know, I don't even know what the new topic's going to be, but I'll come up with something, and uh, again, well, maybe remember, I'll pick up one of those psychology books okay. and or magazines, and I'll read read a couple articles. Okay, well, that's always good. Give me some I'll ideas. Throw them off there. Yeah, whatever works. 
folks, I just want to remind you that uh, as we go forward in this week, you know, I, the show will be back next Sunday from 7 p.m., usually till 9, throw some music. It's a live show, so you can call in with comments, questions, concerns. Um, we share our personal experience, strength, and hope. We are not doctors or psychiatrists or psychologists or therapists or counselors, but we've lived the program one day at a time, one step at a time. My friend Chuck here, again, celebrating eight years, seven days of continuous sobriety. And Chuck, congratulations on that. The audience in my here in my room here all compla- you know, clapping for you. Oh, no, no, no. I made a mistake that's, Eight years, a month, and seven days. Wow. Okay. Well, let's get that straight, Chuck. I forgot to you know throw a month have, in there. I'm gonna I'm gonna end the show <laughs> with reading the the uh, March 22nd thought for the day from the Elon book. Okay, worrying is a usual condition with those of us who are new in Elon. Worry has become such a habit that we can't shake it off. Even when our minds are convinced that it serves no purpose, we think about what happened yesterday and we're sure it's a clue to the awful things that are sure to happen tomorrow. The member of AAs have set us a good example in living one day at a time. We in Elanon can, if we work for it, work at it, free ourselves from yesterday and tomorrow. Today is the only one little set of 24 hours, a reasonably manageable bit of time that we can concentrate on using well. Today's reminder, I will not allow myself to be swamped by thoughts of things that are past. I will not concern myself about tomorrow until it becomes my today. The better I use today, the more likely it is that tomorrow will be bright. Let not my thought fantasies lead me into anticipating trouble since I cannot know what the future may bring. That's the thought for the day from Elanon. It's a Hazleton book. And uh, I had a, a thought for the day for AA, but I gave it away and I haven't replaced it yet. So, and I haven't, the club hasn't had one. But folks, I just wanted to remind you, in this time of quarantine, like Chuck said, you have a phone, use it. Pick up the phone, call people, call your family. Let them know. Yeah, that are they still having them? meetings at the club? Are they still no. having meetings at the club? I don't think so right now. I think oh, they that's, all... that's too bad. Well, yeah. again... Right now it's time to get on the phone and start working. There you go. You heard it from Chuck. Chuck, good stuff. Keep working your program. Keep carrying the message. That's how we stay sober, folks, is by carrying the message and living the, the program one day at a time. We lead by example. So we'll be back again with more of the Road to Recovery here on Block Talk Radio next Sunday night. And again, Friday at 4 p.m., tune in to the new Community Voices. It's a live program. Somehow it's going to be put on here. And if you care to join us, it'll be Friday uh, what day is that? The 27th at 4 p.m. Central Time, Chicago Time. And again, followed up with the show on Sunday, uh, and that'll be next 29th. Okay, Chuck, I'm going to say good night. Thanks for calling in. It's been great to have you as a guest, and we'll catch you later, All right. okay? Good night, and God bless. All right, good God bless. Stay safe, stay strong, stay positive. Good night, everybody.